What's up everyone? Hope you are doing well over these uh, quarantine periods. I know that in many countries the quarantine is already lifting. Ever so slightly, do stay safe and do stay sane. Just a few words before this great episode, which is actually numbered 18, not 17, as per what I mentioned on the podcast. Apologies for that. Um, with Ryan Unsworth and John Caro. Just awesome discussion, uh, indeed. But before, before that, uh, do make sure you... Uh, visit healthzilla.ai for the latest information on um, healthy habits, health and well-being. Check out the blog, check out the news section. There's a lot of uh, great information about um, how to build up your healthy habits uh, over time. Some great tips as well. Um, and everything, obviously, is for free. This is Healthzilla Weekly, episode number 18 with Ryan Unsworth and John Caro. Enjoy. Three, two, one. Welcome. We are here at Health Till Weekly episode number 17, coming out to you live from Singapore, uh, not, not too international uh, um, uh, this time around at least. Well, to say the least, we, we have one Finn, one Filipino, and Ryan, I'm, I guess you are from the UK, right? Yep. Born Fabulous. So, so from all across the world, but all based in Singapore um, uh, this time around. In, the, in episode number 17, we will be diving deep into the world of recovery, pain management, and physical therapy and osteopathy as well. So it's going to be a great episode from, um, from a holistic um, uh, health and well-being perspective and how we can basically, as individuals, incorporate um, uh, these tools and methods into our daily lives to improve our health and well-being uh, through the healthy habits as well. So if you haven't already done that, please go ahead and do download HealthZilla uh, from the Apple um, App Store right now and test out the finger, fingertip stress scan uh, on your phone uh, today to see your stress levels. It's completely free, so do, do try that out. Send us some feedback on how do you like the app um, and, and so forth. So today we, we are joined by John Carroll. John is a, is a guest from our previous episodes as well. I'm sure everyone remembers. Welcome, John. Hello, everybody. How are you today? Oh, well, Zilla tells me that I need to stay home. <laughs> so <laughs> so I, um, I'm, I'm enjoying, like, I'm trying to, I, I think I've been, you know, given the lockdown and circuit breaker situation and the lack of gym, I mm. have been sort of working more proactively towards achieving my cardio and i, yeah. I think I've, i might have overdone it this week and therefore zilla told me rest at home that's what he says so <laughs> but, but happy to but happy to be here and happy to talk to you and ryan absolutely and our special guest today um is mr ryan unsworth he is a clinical director at calibrate health in in singapore ex who's a very experienced osteopath with international experience uh, Ryan has worked both in the UK and in Singapore for years and years, um, and he works with uh, orthopedic surgeon, surgeons, local celebrities, professional athletes, uh, martial artists, and running clubs, just to name a few. So he's a real expert in the in the area of um, recovery and pain management and, and so forth. Welcome, Ryan. Thank you very much. That's a, a grand introduction, and I hope I live up to it. <laughs> well, how are you today? I'm doing good, thank you. Spending this time during the uh, circuit breaker to sort of touch base a little bit more, enjoy things that I haven't been able to enjoy for some time. So yeah, I've been, been pretty good. Absolutely fantastic. So welcome again. So could you sort of give us a, a bit of a background to yourself and, and, and your career so far? Yeah, of course. So I was working in England before and studying in England uh, in Oxford and doing osteopathy there. And uh, after that, 
uh, working there for a while with running clubs, etc., I decided to make a change and move out to Singapore. Uh, since then, I've been working at one of the busiest clinics here in Singapore, and I've just recently decided to open up my own branch, my, sorry, not branch, open up my own practice. And uh, that's what's been taking up most of my time and effort most recently. So, uh, yeah. That's fantastic. And, and basically, your expertise is, is in the field of osteopathy and physical therapy or physiotherapy, right? Exactly. So I studied my master's in osteopathy, which mm. is, of course, a manual therapy uh, based in terms of diagnosis, where you go down the more traditional medicine route of uh, physio physiology, anatomy, uh, pathology. You have to learn the basics. And then on top of that, you have to learn non-surgical techniques. So mm. what we can do with our hands or exercise, <clears throat> uh, you know, or training habits to uh, get you out of pain and, and functioning at 100%. All right. So, and, and then basically uh, looking at your customer base and, and, and who you um, uh, work with, you have such a wide variety of different types of people, you know, celebrities and athletes and all that stuff. Um, so um, hmm. do, do people usually uh, come to see you uh, for prevention or for like, like, like um, recovery phase? Um, I tell you, they're my, my favorite people are the people that come to me pre for prevention because okay. it's so easy. You know, when you can stop something from happening, you know, months or years before it flares up to the point where you have this sensitive state and then you need to bring them back down again. So when someone comes into me and says, look, I'm feeling good. Just want to keep it that way. I want to get better at this. I've got this objective that I want in terms of my sport or hobby. I love those patients because mm. they come in and it just makes it far easier. Uh, not to say that, you know, my, the most people that I see, I would say, are those in pain and try and get out of pain. And they're great as well. But uh, it just makes it a lot easier prevention side. I think that just I'm raising my hand right there. I'm yeah. guilty of that. <laughs> I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm guilty of I'm only I, I think I've engaged. Um, so I think I met Ryan two, three years ago on uh, my first injury, which was I tore my glutes basically from CrossFit Opens. Thank you very much. <laughs> and 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 I happen to know today that I'm not part of Ryan's favorite people, unfortunately. But yeah, I, I think I, I think I think it it really is uh, it really is fascinating how you know whilst um, you know whilst ideally we all are very much conscious in terms of what we need to keep on sort of like resetting. I think it's 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 really interesting that people actually go to uh, do their I don't know how often is Ryan is it monthly or quarterly resets just to be able to make sure that they keep on going what they're doing great already. That really depends on the individual and, and the objective, to be honest. So if you're pain free, the last thing that I would want is for you to be coming in, you know, week after week after week. Mm -hmm. uh, what I really want to do is I want to give you more autonomy. So I would say, look, we're going to have it, let's say two months apart, just for an example, of course, depending on the person and the case, but two months apart, and then I'm going to give you these things that I want you to focus on. I want you to get better at that. I want to get better at that. And then you're accountable. Next time you come in, I'm like, hey, look, you've done great on this area, but maybe you need to do a bit more work on this area. Mm. So in, in a way to compare it to something that we already know and we're already comfortable with, you can think it like dentistry. You're not going to go see the dentist every day. That's ridiculous. If you have mm -hmm. an issue, you might need to see them more often. Uh, but having a checkup every few months or so, uh, is, a, is a great idea just to make sure you're in top shape and your focus is really on, uh, you know, maintaining your body. Now, in, in terms of uh, like, like optimizing um, 
a person's health and well-being and, and performance at the same time. Um, what's, what's your approach from a preventative perspective? If, for example, let's say me right now, I'm, I'm rather active. I like sports. I like CrossFit. I do. I work out quite a lot and all that um, as well. So if I now came to you, so what, what would be your approach in terms of um, the, the key sort of preventative um, measures and advice that you would, uh, you would start working on? Yeah, okay. So I would have to go, as, just to back it up a second, yeah, I would like yeah. to first make sure it's tailored to the individual. So yeah. going by what you say is one thing that I would use uh, to, to get a better idea of what we're going to do. But of course, if you sit in front of me and I say, hey, look, you actually, you do need to work on strength, even though that's what you're working on every day. Maybe there's a bit of an area that you missed, etc. But let's say, for example, you're doing great in terms of strength, exercise is fantastic. What I might say is, hey, you're doing a lot, of, a lot of this. What are your objectives? You know, how have you defined health for you? Because health is actually quite a nebulous sort of thing. You know, we is, yeah. have mapped out the whole of the other side of the continuum. Mm. You know, the disease part is simple. You can check your blood tests. You can uh, have, have a look at if you're deficient in certain vitamins. You can scan and see if you have degeneration or there's a cancer or something going wrong with the body. Yeah. But the other side of the continuum of health is actually not very well defined. And for different individuals, that is uh, different per person. For someone who just wants to be able to pick up their kids and have a nice time with the family, that might be very different, their idea of health, compared to what your idea of health is. So the, the, the tailored approach would be, okay, what are your objectives? If you come to me and you say, look, I just want to be healthy and I want to do CrossFit for as long as I can then we might have a look at mobility. We might have a look at proprioception. We might have a look at, you know, how, how your biomechanics are moving and making mm -hmm. sure you can, uh, you can keep at it for as long as possible. If you say, look, I, I want to hit this weight. I want to get, I want to get to here in the snatch, you know, then yeah. it's very different. So I would, I hope it's not getting out of this question, but I would say you have to flip it around and say, what are your objectives? Because there is no set criteria to perfect health, mm. which you can span across all individuals, not yet anyway. Yeah. Now that, that's an excellent way of putting it because obviously, you know, health and well-being is, means very different things as per what you said to each and every one of us um, as well. And that's something that, that usually is, or quite often is forgotten by coaches or apps or platforms who offer these cookie cutter type programs uh, or diets or whatnot to everybody saying that you need to do this and then you'll you'll lose weight or you need to do that then then you'll improve your mobility and never never injure yourself um, as well but that's that's not really the that, that's not really the the most efficient approach because we're every one of us are, are so unique as per our goals and as per our understanding of what health and well-being actually means to us um, at the same time, so I'm, I'm really interested in the whole this whole con con context of using osteopathy and uh, physiotherapy um, in the world of healthy habits to to uh, um, uh, improve um, my overall health and well-being. Which I haven't. I have to be honest with you. I haven't done any of that before, like zero, basically. Um, and I've sort of, <laughs> I've sort of always had the mindset that okay, well, so long as I take care of my mobility and I lift and I run and, and I eat healthy, then everything's going to be fine. But that's not necessarily. And, and even though if I have like a, like a uh, sports coach or CrossFit coach or a nutritional coach or whatnot, I'm, that, that's still only part of the picture because these, these um, people, even though they understand their basics, they might not have the, the 
they usually probably don't have the understanding of the 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 um, uh, you know um, the range of motion and how your how your posture is is being built and and what are the some of the physiological uh, aspects that you need to need to take into consideration to for you to actually be able to um, mm. uh, like reach your goals. So the the question on that, Ryan, would be that is this something that that um, could be used by everyone um, as a, as a part of their healthy habits is to like like utilize osteopathy slash physical therapy um, to improve the overall health and well-being, even if there is no underlying issue? Uh, definitely, uh, to a degree. I guess, I, I hope I'm not skipping out on questions again, but I would say it depends. And in the same way that I could flip the question around and say, look, is it good to use any app that, to help and track our health, et cetera, et cetera? So osteopathy and physiotherapy can be exceptionally helpful but it depends on the individual on the on the case and uh, itself so there are loads of terrible osteopaths i know there are loads of fantastic massage therapists or coaches and strength and conditioning people uh, but the the issue is when we get too caught up in one paradigm and i think you said it excellently before when you spoke about each uh, individual as a specialist in in one zone but might not be able to see you know, the whole other picture. I often like saying, you know, if, if all you have is a hammer, everything looks like nails. Mm. So just to, you, we can get too caught up in, in focusing on one area. And I think one of the benefits to having someone uh, like an osteopath or a physio or someone who has more of a, more of a holistic or grander view on health um, is to refocus that. Because our minds, we only have a certain CPU that we can uh, bring in enough data and work it all out at any given time. So when we have things flashing up on, our, on, uh, on social media saying, hey, here's a challenge to do uh, a thousand push-ups or you know, eat this thing for the rest of your life or whatever else, mm -hmm. we get transfixed with this one idea. Yeah. And we can often get too caught up, whether it's in our jobs or our diet or exercise plan or something else. And sometimes we need a third party to say, hey, look, maybe refocus on this again, because you seem to be going too far down this avenue and, and, and not appreciating some of the other things. And that sort of feeds into this other aspect of what I think can be very helpful, which is education. You know, when mm -hmm. you go and you, you see someone like myself, I, I don't want to just be the person who, you know, cracks your neck and makes you feel good for a day or two or a week afterwards. I want to be the person who can do that for sure. But teaches you how to be self-sufficient and how to have autonomy like the pe mm -hmm. people i'm most proud of is when i don't see them for a while and they come back to me and they say hey ryan a couple of weeks back had a back issue you know i i remembered what you said before i completed these things and these things i made these little changes in my lifestyle and it all went away like for me that's a win because what you have there is you're not just a person dealing with making you feel good for a while you know you're changing lives that person can take that with them, uh, that education of how to, how to sustain their own body and, uh, you know, let that go out for years and years and years and years. So mm -hmm. refocusing what you're on, education, what, I, what we spoke about before, accountability. Some personality types really need people to be like, hey, have you done this? You know, have you, yeah, have you, yeah, I'm, yeah. On, I'm on to you, you know. Um, and then, of course, make sure you're out of pain. A lot of people see me. It's not about refocusing on education. It's before that. It's all I can think about is this pain. You know, I can't okay. think about going to sleep. I can't think about my family. I can't think about how lucky I am. The, you know, I get food on the table and I have a, you know, these sort of uh, luxuries that I take in every day because all I can think about is my shoulder. 
and I can't do anything else. So of course, for those people to free up the CPU, we need to go more into just how to get them out of pain. I think it's very interesting. Like one thing that I would also add to that in, in answer to Nico's question was, um, you know, like it, it doesn't even have to be athlete or workout um, enthusiasts because if I, if I, if, if you remember Ryan, like a few years back, like I, I had a problem with just walking. It's basic, mm. right? It's walking. Yeah. So like uh, I, I went on a travel, I did an extended walking and then I found myself like having some pains on, 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 on my, I think on my hamstrings. And, and then like, um, what, what I learned in the process is, oh, well, there, there are other components to that, like the way that you walk or your shoe type or the way that your feet is arced or not arced. So, so I, think, I think what I'm trying to say here is, is, is the field of expertise or osteopathy, for example, can come in very, very handy without you having to be a, an, a fitness enthusiast, even regular jocks. Uh, or we even stay-at-home moms would, would have some sort of like opportunities to improve the way that they walk, the way that they sit, their posture, and, and overall really leads up to, to a, a better, like, you know, pain-free lifestyle, basically. Definitely, John. I couldn't agree more. And the, actually, I, I shouldn't specify too much on sports and performance. I guess, you know, because of the, uh, the type of people that we might be talking to, I've probably put more emphasis on that. But you're, you're completely right. Some of the most uh, rewarding moments in my job have been from uh, not the people who can suddenly lift way more than they could and without pain, but instead it's the old lady for 40 years hasn't done any exercise and you've got her to walk around the block. You know, mm. if you can do that, and the, the sort of reward that you get from that is far better, <laughs> you know, I've, or people yeah. who have neurodegenerative conditions even, you know, people who, are, who aren't able to move certain parts of their body and you get them to move their thumb and you're both nearly welling up in tears, you know, That's is, really cool. is the reward is, is uh, it's not so much based on the amount of output or how impressive it looks, but it's to the individual, it's relative, you know? Right, right, Absolutely. right. So, so John, can, can you sort of um, um, share, share your story? Um, of recovery uh, from your injury through osteopathy with, with Ryan? Oh, yeah. Uh, well, where do I start? Which, which injury <laughs> do we go to? <laughs> I think is a better question. No. Um, but I, I think, well, there is my personal experience. It, it, it really spans from the most uh, gruesome, which would mean uh, a torn glute about three years ago, um, an AC on the shoulder. Again, another intense one because of it's it's not even wrong form, but it's almost fatigue as a result of the 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 strenuous CrossFit workouts. Yeah. Um, but I even went to Ryan for stiff neck. Believe it or not, <laughs> stiff neck. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I, he did wonders, and and there's a lot of things. Um, because what I like about the process is, number one, um, the diagnosis is is very obviously it, it's not one size fits all. So you come to a clinic and you're diagnosed based on certain and, and jump in Ryan if I if I'm missing out no, on go anything. Ahead, go ahead. Uh, but but it, it um, so the diagnosis starts by trying to understand first uh, what happened, like what did you do, obviously, and then that's where you have to spill all the beans uh, and 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 just it, it's like a confession box basically almost, <laughs> and, and and also articulating uh, what you can do and when you cannot do and what you know when pain occurs and when you know and when it started. 
Um, what I like about it, 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 it then is followed closely by um, a series of what you would think like a very basic range of motions that he would ask you to do just to be able to assess. Again, it's very personalized where, um, where you, he, he'll ask you to lift your arms or put your arm down and then move it a certain way, the left arm and the right arm towards him, against him. Um, whether it's an up and you go upward motion or downward motion, it's it just, it, it's really about sort of almost like identifying where the epicenter, mm -hmm. <laughs> I'm sorry, lo lo losing a scientific word there, but where, where the epicenter of, of, of the pain is or what it's, it's really cost, uh, what, what, it, what it really is caused by. Because sometimes, right, sometimes where you feel the pain, it's, it's really is just an effect of something that's greater or something that's bigger. I remember, um, I remember one injury, I can't remember which injury, but like, my, I think my, my left shoulder was compensating for my right shoulder, and that's why I was feeling some pain on my right. You know, if you're a regular consumer, for example, that, that, that wouldn't go to, to, to physio, right? You'll just probably put salon pads on your right shoulder and think it's good. And then that's it. And then you'll, you'll just leave your salon pass there and until you feel like much better, until the heat is there and then probably, or, or, or for some good reason, maybe after a week or two, probably the pain is gone. Um, or you've, you've learned to endure the pain. And, you know, without you trying to really know that, hey, but your, the pain on your right shoulder is actually caused by something that much is, that's much bigger. Uh, that's something that you did not anticipate because mm. something is overcompensating for another. And so, you know, and, and you go through a series of therapies. So, so it, again, it, it ranges from how bad the injury is. So I think the, the worst injury I had, which was about um, the torn glutes took about about 13 weeks of, uh, of a weekly recovery program. And it's not just about the one hour session that happens within the clinic. It's also about you being diligently doing a lot of in-home um, stretches and of sort of like mini workouts uh, that, that also Ryan would, would provide after the session is done. Mm -hmm. and, and obviously, obviously um, he would know if you're doing it or not <laughs> because like... <laughs> If, if you come back the week after feeling the same or worse off than you were the week prior, then you're not improving. And then there's something wrong with, you know, what's being prescribed. And that's where obviously your personality comes in and the diligence of the individual, whether you're doing what is prescribed or not. Oh, that, that's such yeah, an, that's such an interest, interesting and very personal um, story, obviously, John. Um, now, as you've gone through such a very um, like successful uh, recovery journey as well, um, are you like still doing some of those exercises as well? And, and, and have you like noticed that, that you are a bit more mindful towards your posture and, and your, your style of walking and your ergonomy and all that stuff? I do, I yeah, do. John. I do. Hey. I, I'm, I'm, being put, I'm being put on the spot here. Let me tell you what I'm not doing anymore, and what I'm, let me tell you what I am. Doing. Okay. okay. I, I've after after my second major CrossFit injury, which was an AC on the shoulder, right? I stopped CrossFit entirely. I was like, you know what? If God is telling you, if if God has injured you twice already, it probably won't make sense to be injured thrice. I mean, Ryan might smack me already if you come back with a third, major, a third major injury, and he'd be like, I told you so. So, so after, the, after, after recovering from my second injury, I was like, okay, cool. I'm going to have to find a workout that, that, that is a little bit more injury-free also because I, I, I don't want to hound Ryan as much as I have been. <laughs> um, so, but, but because, you know, I continue to, uh, and therefore I found my other, you know, workouts basically. But, but, but that besides the point, 
The other workouts that are really useful for me are the ones that are more basic. Um, so um, Ryan has sort of like unquote, diagnosed me that I have flat foot. Mm-hmm. And so um, it, it's really, I, I would see, you know, even with regular, like going to the supermarket routine, it feels like I'm working out my legs, you know, and, and I would have like stretching, ex- I don't know what you call them, Brian, but like tiptoeing, I'm, I'm actually doing it now, like tiptoeing, <laughs> exer- tiptoeing exercise um, to, 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 to sort of like stretch. Mm-hmm. And then also when your feet is like, how do you call it? When you open them, uh, when you open them um, away from each other. So yeah, those- what you're trying to do there is you're trying to get improve your supination and something called a high gear push off, which is basically just trying to get proper foot activation when mm-hmm. you're when your feet hits the floor. So right. it's not so much that people with flat feet have. Um, you know, in, inherent issues, but it's just more difficult to approach more dynamic sports if you don't train for them. So people mm-hmm. actually ignore their feet. You know, we stuff them into shoes every day and we just walk along them, but they should have the same ability of dexterity and, and what they call proprioception, which is, you know, your ability to feel the ground and adjust your balance and control uh, as, as your hands almost, you know, the same amount mm-hmm. of nerve fibers or very close to it are in our feet, mm-hmm. but they're just not trained as such. And it's a massive thing that people ignore. And they, they, what happens is it ends up affecting other areas. It affects your knees, it affects your hips, it affects how your glutes work, it affects your lower back. So yeah, we, we sort of just broke it back and I tried to just get you to focus on, on what we call the high gear push-off or what should mm. be happening at the end mm. stage of walking and the toe-off phase. Um, and also the short foot, which is just activating some of those intrinsic muscles of the foot. Right, right. So, so, so Nico, my point is like, there are certain, you know, whether, like I said, whether you're, you know, it does, you don't have to be an athlete to benefit from everything that Ryan just said. Yeah. Like, um, if, if you're, if you're looking for sort of like, um, quick wins, low hanging fruits in terms of like, where you could improve your mobility or the way that you walk or the way that you feel about your joints, your, your, your feet, even, even your wrists, um, you know, there are certain um, sort of, do you call them mobility stretching workouts or whatever you call them? <laughs> they are <laughs> available for your use in order for you to be, and, and it doesn't even require equipment. That's mm. the thing. Yeah. And, um, and I, I wish, I, I don't know if Calibrate would have a, a website or, or a platform that shows people all these very practical, you know, tips. It's coming. Uh, Don't worry. It's coming. No, I'm, I really, <laughs> I'm very excited about that because like, it's mind blowing because, you know, and it, it, in, at the end of every hour session with Ryan, he'd be like, okay, I need you to do two, two of these things. And you're like, and, 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 and you, your heart raises and you're like, oh my God, what is this again? And, 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 you know, it's like, <laughs> no, it's, it's, it's just a, it's just a tiptoeing exercise yeah. or, 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 you know, it, it doesn't really require much talent, which is great. <laughs> and, and, and yeah, and, and very useful. And, and again, it's all about have, uh, having to build the habits as well. So in my case, for example, Ryan, you remember the glute stretches that you taught me, the one where you lie on your, lay on your back. And then mm-hmm. your knees are on like um, 90 degree and then you just, yeah, just yeah. stretch your glutes back and forth. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I do that on days that I are, that I am using a, a yoga mat. So for example, um, I would consider that as a stretching to before my ab and core workout. So just because, you know, just because I'm, I'm trying to integrate it in, in my habit, in my weekly habit. Um, and, and, and yeah, it's, it's also, again, another thing that, you know, without having to be a complete athlete or sportsman, you can do, a, you know, a comfort of your own home. 
Yes. This is so fascinating. Thank you, John, for, for sharing that. Um, it, is, it is almost like a completely new world for me. I, I just haven't, <laughs> haven't paid, paid attention, which, which makes me feel really bad. So, Ryan, just, just from, a, from a... Because obviously you see a lot of different types of um, people and patients coming into your, uh, into your office and to see you. So what are some of the, some of the most common like, preventable issues that that you see which which could be prevented by by simply having some sort of healthy habits or paying attention to some activities you do yeah definitely so i mean the some of the biggest ones of course are the most common causes of pain that we have at the moment you know the the lower back pain the neck pain the shoulder injuries and issues and uh, knee problems i mean i'm being very general because yeah for when you come from from my point of view most things I, I see that can be prevented, you know, there's, there's a few outliers for that when it, you know, it comes down to just genetics, how we're born, things of like course. that. And then it's more about management. And I'd say to you, maybe you shouldn't focus so much on this type of thing. Maybe you should focus a bit more on that because genetically you're not quite predisposed to carrying heavy weights or squatting that low or, mm. or et cetera. But for the most part, most injuries, uh, you know, can be prevented. If you have felt fantastic before in your life, you know, you should be able to, at least try and uh, get toward that level for most of the time. Now, I'm not saying we're always going to be 20-year-olds or or teenagers. For sure, aches and pains are a normal facet in, 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 you know, the human experience. But the amount of stuff that we can can prevent is colossal. Indeed, indeed. Um, In terms of, well, because it's just something that, that, because when you were explaining some of the issues, you know, lower back pain, neck pain, shoulder pain, and all that. I was like, yeah, I'm having all of these pains every day myself. And I just haven't, <laughs> even, haven't even thought about it because I, I, I still have this, this impression of me living a healthy lifestyle just because of the healthy habits I'm trying to adhere to, which is exercise, healthy food, sleep, mm. uh, mindfulness, all that. But still, like, it, it, it is quite insane how much more we can do as individuals for our uh, health and well-being by seeing experts like yourself and then really really paying paying more attention to uh, to this uh, to this stuff um, at the at the same time it's it's, it's insane um, now one of the major issues which i would assume this is just a guess but as singapore is a is a major business hub um, a large business city um, and a financial hub uh, you have a lot of people um, in office settings sitting down on their butts all day, um, and yes. specifically in the financial industry. People work ridiculous hours um, in potentially poor ergonomy. So do you, uh, is there like a, like a specific, um, do you see specific uh, peaks in terms of erg- like work erg- ergonomics and those types of uh, things? Definitely. And to be honest with you, there's been a big spike at the moment of the amount of uh, people that I've treated in the past trying to contact me and being like, hey, you know, I'm working from home. And for some reason, when I'm laying on the sofa or I'm on my bed working, my body's going into this, you know, terrible state. Yeah. Uh, because these small habits that we have in our lives, which are seemingly insignificant when we're doing it day to day, they can build up in sort of an insidious manner to get to this point where suddenly things are very painful and you're left thinking, Mm. Hey, I I didn't do anything different. Like I've been doing the same thing for years and now I've got this. So yeah, definitely. I mean the back pain and and neck pain, really simple ones um, and something which most people should focus on. If I was going to give you a blanket exercise that you should try and do if 
uh, you're sat down for long periods of time during the day. It should actually be to stretch the chest, open up the chest more. Don't focus so much on your push movements, but try and rely a little bit more on your pull um, and open up the front of your hips. Because the fact is, is that we are adaptive systems. You know, we're not... Yeah. Human bodies are often thought of as machines, but we're not. We're, we're, we're a very special type of machine. We're more like an adaptive ecosystem. So if you are sat at a chair and your hands are in front of you for most part of the day, your body will start adapting to that position. You know, it will, the muscle mm. fibers at the front will start to tighten. You'll, you'll realize that it doesn't need to have fresh muscle fibers there as much. You'll start putting down sort of collagen type fibers in there and it'll be a bit more stringy and, um, and fibrose. And you, it won't open up as it won't be as supple. So then what happens is when you try and stand up and you're trying to move around or even more, you're trying to do your you know, overhead squats or you're uh, trying to really open up on a climbing wall, whatever it might be, your hobby outside of work, and you start getting these issues. People are always like, ah, oh, I can't do this anymore. I can't do the sport anymore. Whereas often it happens, it's, it's the change of the sitting yes. down for oh, a long yeah. period of time to the sport, which is actually the biggest issue. Yeah. And then mm. as, as we get older, there's, uh, it takes longer for us to adjust. You know, there's a fancy term which you don't need to learn, but it's called crimp, creep, and hysteresis. And it's what happens to our muscle fibers and our ligaments and our tendons. Uh, and as we age, so the crimp and creep part is how long it takes for it to change. Mm. And when we're young, we can be sat down in a ball and then suddenly spring up and have no problems at all. But when we get older, it takes a lot longer for that hysteresis component for it to come back to its neutral or its setting. It's still, yeah. the muscle yeah. fibers are still bound up. So they're used to being at a desk. And when you do try and do your sport without your warm-up, suddenly you get issues. So, what do you call it uh, again? Uh, well, the, the term for it is crimp, creep, and hysteresis. So crimp is when the, the start to change, the muscle fibers or tendons mm -hmm. start to change. Creep is when it slowly starts to creep. So let's say, for example, the muscles of your lower back on the discs, mm -hmm. let's say, because that's a common issue. You're slouched forward, you're in a flexed position, you're hunched over a laptop. All of those fibers on the back of your disc start to crimp and they start to change how they are. Then they start to creep away from each other, allowing for mm. a little bit more space between these little bits of fibers and collagen, which are there that hold the disc uh, in place, if I was gonna say um, a bit of a layman's term. Mm. Um, and that slowly that, that keeps going further and further and further away. Now, hysteresis is that when you start standing up and moving around is how long it takes for things to go back to your neutral, to your normal. And that takes right. a lot longer as you get older. So what happens is it's there all day, it's flex, it's going out. And then you go and you try and deadlift and you pull really hard on the bar and those, t those fibers are still stretched and, and away from each other. And then bam, you get a disc herniation. Right. <laughs> so it's not the deadlift, you know, the deadlift, if you did it at a different period of time, or if you uh, had a better warm up mm -hmm. or you weren't at the desk for a long period of time, maybe you could have done that. Um, but we, are, we get it confused and it sort of relates back to what John was saying earlier, that it's not always the, uh, the, the what you're feeling, it's more the why. And if you can understand exactly. the why, then, then you can stop these things from happening. This is, this is such an interesting topic because um, obviously a lot of people across the world are, are homebound and working from home office and, and all that. And everything that you just said makes just so much sense. Um, as, as I'm looking at, at myself, at myself for, for the <laughs> closest example, um, I haven't had any sort of, or I've had very little like lower back issues um, in the last three, four years up until now. And, and I suddenly, you know, last week I started noticing, oh, my, I've got this constant lower back pain um, coming up. Mm. And, and it's like, 
Okay, so then as per what Ryan was mentioning about, you know, being slouched down and, and hunched, hunched forwards over your laptop and, and typing away all day long, I was like, yeah, that's exactly what I'm doing. It's like, and my whole, because at, at my office, I have a standing desk and I, I can, you know, I have a very ergonomic chair and all that setup is, is beautiful. Right. Uh, and now, now uh, as I'm at my home office, I'm sort of, you know, it's just a normal home office. I haven't paid any attention to any ergonomics here up until now, <laughs> up until now. So I'm like, yeah, it's, <laughs> there's such a big impact uh, uh, of the change in the environment um, to how I feel in my body as well. And this, this, this put into the context of the deadlift, which Ryan, you mentioned as well, is quite simple. You know, my back feels currently like, okay, if I approach a heavy uh, deadlift barbell, I, I would not dare to pick it up because of the feeling I have in my, in my lower back. It's not about the strength or anything else. It's just that I just feel that the body isn't ready for that. So I guess the main point um, uh, of this piece of um, discussion is simply that now is the best time to really focus on your ergonomy and the the exercises you do over over the course of the day to make sure that you don't even though you might not have the optimal uh, work um, set up at your home office so that you don't uh, lock up and start like experiencing these types of uh, work ergonomy issues right definitely and I'd, I'd just to put one more point on top of that mm. is you can have um, a perfect posture, uh, but a posture is something, uh, maybe we could, this is another rabbit hole that we, I could probably go down for too long, but posture is, is relative to what you're trying to achieve. So people say, oh, is my posture good? Yeah, sure, you've got a great posture when you're standing, but try and pick something up in that exact same posture. You know, you can't, you have to move. Mm. And the same thing, if you're gonna be working and sitting, you can have a relatively good posture, but saying that that posture works for everything is ridiculous. If you're playing hockey, you're not gonna be having the same posture. So the biggest thing, the more um, global rule that I should say that would really help people is movement. Movement is key. You know, if you can get up and move, that's fine. For sure, you have to have a good uh, ergonomics. I'm not discounting that. But if you're still in the perfect position because and hours and hours and hours and you're not moving, that's worse. I, I would prefer you being in a terrible position for a while and then you're going and moving, uh, et cetera, and getting nice joint range of motion. Maybe you're doing some sun salutations from yoga in between and then you come back to your desk and then maybe you change your laptop and you put it on your kitchen surface and you work from there for a while. I mean, mm. that's, that's even better. Mm. Mm. That's really good. It is. It absolutely. That's is. a really good set of uh, tips because uh, I think like, I don't know, but when I, when I started working recently as well, like I, I find myself like being stuck in the, the same static position and, you know, from time to time you get a glass of water and you feel relieved actually yeah. because you kind of changed the way because there was some sort of change and some sort of movement you've introduced to your body. But, but I think being conscious in terms of like, like, I don't know, hot desking almost and, and finding multiple hot desk corners in your home while we're on circuit breaker would be a really good tip for people. Definitely. Um, just to go into, into what you're saying a bit further, and as we were talking about discs before, um, discs need movement to get nutrition. There's no, in a healthy disc, there's no blood that actually gets into the middle of it because the pressure is too strong. You need to move for diffusion of nutrition to get in there. So, you know, even at our, and, and that's just one example, it's the same for muscles, it's the same for tendons, you know, our body mm -hmm. actually feeds off movement doesn't feed off a healthy beautiful static position 
Wow. Out of curiosity, um, is there a rule of thumb in terms of like, uh, you got to move every 30 minutes or something? Is there anything like that? <laughs> I've, I've um, battled over this in, in my own practice in a mm -hmm. way, because there is a difference between the perfect plan and a plan that works. Because mm -hmm. a perfect plan would be, hey, I'm going to get you moving every, you know, 30 minutes to an hour, because your body right. would love that, you know? but mm. it's not a reasonable plan. And if you give someone that, they're going to be like, yeah, right, sure, I'm going to do that. And then they're going to stay there and they're just going to not, not give a, um, not try and implement it at all. So mm -hmm. if I say to you, look, have a, an alarm or something that buzzes on your phone uh, or on your watch every uh, two hours, let's say, right. or three hours, et cetera, that's still better than you pretending that you're going to do every 30 minutes and then you don't. Right, right. No, but that's a great idea. And I say that because, again, in the context of Circuit Breaker, we see a lot of people binging on Netflix, me included. And, <laughs> you know, and, 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 and series are just keep going and you keep on moving on to the next episode and you know if, if if any like the only break you take is the break when you take your snacks from from your kitchen or you need to pee but you know there are there are days and i'm guilty of this myself there are days where you just feel like okay today i'm not working uh it's my rest day and i just need to watch netflix but you know, if, if 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 i'm true to like staying healthy and 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 really promoting a a, a holistic health lifestyle I need to be moving every two hours if, you, if you're telling me that, you know, my muscles need to be fed and feeding them means moving every so often. So I, I think, I, I think, I mean, I'm, I'm going to try. I'm not promising. I'm going to try to set my alarm, yeah. my alarm every two hours and see how it kind of like improves my overall well-being. Please do give it a go. Absolutely, no, it's it's awesome. Now, um, Ryan, let's let's jump into a little bit more towards um, the the your views on the 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 gold standards of healthy habits from your professional um, uh, background perspective. As we um, uh, we talk a lot about the importance of nutrition, sleep, mindfulness, workouts, and and all that. Um, so, what's your take on? I mean, because. Um, Obviously, in, in your practice, you will need to you will be advising people on, on healthy um, healthy habits. What comes to um, sleep habits and nutritional approach, exercise, mobility, and, and, and all that. So, what is what is your view on um, like from your perspective? What is um, what are some of the healthy, for example, nutritional habits that, that we could uh, we could utilize um, over this specifically over this uh, circuit breaker period? Yeah. Um so, I mean, one, the movement one that John said is fantastic. And yeah. uh, one thing that I'd probably delve into is uh, how good you are at forming them. I mean, this is, it goes back to this perfect plan or plan that works mm. uh, idea that I spoke about just a moment ago. But one of the things that I often have to give to people, particularly if they're those a little stubborn of mind, is, you know, how they're actually put, making these uh, habits actualize. You know, so, you know, just to go back to even what, what John said before, you know, the idea of uh, if you're going to be watching Netflix, you know, at least between episodes, uh, do these stretches, do this mobilization, etc. If you're going to be, you know, eating a cookie or whatever you want to do, if you're binge on a, on a burger or whatever mm -hmm. it's going to be, at least then supplement that with something which is good for you. So I always get people to say like, yeah, you're going to have this healthy behavior that I want you to do, couple it with something which maybe isn't as healthy. Does that yeah. make sense? So first of how we're, how we're forming them. Um, but then 
greater than that. I mean, movement is the, is the biggest one for me. It's difficult to say for everyone because, like I said, my focus is very much a tailored approach. Yeah. So I would need to see the individual before I could say, hey, this is exactly what's going to work for you. Of course. Um, but if you're, if you're and, and the other thing which we could get into as well is have you actually looked at these areas of your life and which life and which one do you think you need the most of? You know, mm. certain people are amazing at their nutrition and completely neglect uh, that mindfulness component that you're talking about, etc. So first, sit down and look at look at your own life. Don't don't let me give you the the perfect few, but sit down and think. Okay, I actually probably need to spend more time doing this. I need to spend more time doing this, and then make it actionable by coupling it with other habits. You know, putting it, linking it to pleasures. Uh, keeping accountable for it um, and and keeping a, a good mindset with it too. You know, don't expect instant change from just uh, going for one run. It's never going to happen. You know, you have to make sure you're uh, you're patient with it. No, I, I I fully agree with that, and that's actually a, a perfect um, perfect answer in a sense as well. Because of you know re, uh, reverting back to what we what we discussed earlier is that there is no one size fits all. So there's quite and quite difficult to say that okay you should do you should be doing this and you should be doing that just um it's all about build, build when you do build your healthy habits up um what we need to remember is that is that if we focus on building one habit at a time our succession uh, probability rises to 95 or something if we focus on too many different ha habits at the same time then the the failure rate increases substantially uh, the more uh, habits we try to focus on at the, at the same time, I would, I, I would, uh, I would sort of say. Um, Definitely. Um, well, do, uh, what, in terms of um, your specialty and in your expertise, do you have like, what are your, what are your own sort of specific interests um, beyond osteopathy Science. and, and um, uh, 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 physiotherapy in terms of health and well-being? Yeah, yeah. So my interests, I, so I've gone through, um, I, I'm interested in a lot of things and the whole sort of when you're, when you're treating people, you need to see everyone as a mm. puzzle, you know, so you need to make sure that you have the tools to work out everything, you know, you need your whole toolbox. So I am interested in people and I'm interested in psychology. And then on top of that, some people need to focus on their nutrition. I've gone into nutrition for a long time. I'm into, of course, pain and the psychology behind pain, mm. uh, biomechanics, um, all of these things I have. I go down rabbit holes, you know, week by week or month by month. Most recently, I've been writing two articles on sleep and I've been writing an article on uh, interoception as well. Um, and then what we spoke about before, with the, uh, the idea of the, the continuum between disease and, and working out what true health is, is something that not too long ago, and I'm like halfway through writing something with that as well. So depending on if you ask me in different times of the year, I'll, I'll have a, a different answer. But I, globally, I like to you know, keep in touch with many different things so I don't mm. get too focused on one. Because mm. I'll find that if I've just been learning about uh, for a long period of time, the next patient that I see, I, I'm too focused on sleep. You yeah. know, I need to check myself. I need to be like, hey, Ryan, like you're looking at yourself through these glasses. You know, you're looking at it from the sleep aspect. Uh, you're going to make sure you don't neglect all of the others just because you're you're been going down a rabbit hole on that one. Um, so yeah, at the moment, I'd say interoception, sleep, um, and this t term called salutogenesis, which is what I described before with the trying to map out health. 
Okay. So, so can you sort of discuss more, a bit more about the interception uh, concept, which I haven't really studied at, at all? Sorry, could you say that one more time? I, I, I missed that. The, could you sort of um, um, open up the concept of interception, yeah, it's, which it's you meant? It's a test that we often do. Um, or the, your ability to balance and balancing uh, with your eyes closed, for example, which gets a lot more difficult because you rely just on your more proprioceptive side rather than else. So it's the sort of awareness of your body when you're not in touch with any of your other five senses. And then the final one, the more interesting one for me recently, uh, is interoception. And interoception is and be in touch with what's going on inside you. So for example, you've just eaten this meal. How does your stomach feel? How are you digesting that? You know, are you, are you in pain? It's another massive one. You know, is this painful? Is it something which can be endured or is it just a sensation? Mm. Uh, there's people who are fantastic at this and can train themselves who are actually aware of their own heartbeat without checking their pulse. And they can put to some accuracy uh, the rate at which their heart is, is currently beating. Um, you know, how full is your bladder? All of these things which you will be inherently aware of, you know, it's part of what's growing up. You understand that oh, this feels like this, this feels like this, but it's not something which we're all equally proficient at. So certain individual won't know whether it's a back pain or actually if it's their liver, you know, or mm. if it's their kidney, which is playing up, or if they are even to a more general term, if they're disgusted or sexually aroused, or if they are angry or if they're frustrated or jealous, you know, mm. all of these are, are come under the term of, of interoception and that's so in, that, that is so so interesting um it's basically because it, it sort of reminds me so much about like meditation practice which i've been i've been doing quite a lot uh, recently and it, it is all about being aware of how your body feels and doing these scans from the, the, head, the top of your head to your toes and, and trying to find out how your body actually feels so I've, I've sort of i haven't come across this term before but it, it sort of makes sense to me now uh, what what is actually meant by that and i guess you know without actually practicing interception or this type of meditative approach then then you're not able to actually like feel how your body is really doing uh, and and what are these sources of discomfort or or pain or or you know joys as well and and you know comfort areas as well definitely and meditation is arguably the most powerful way to get in touch with it you know and it's something which we are uh, we ne neglect and actually mm. just to dip into the idea of you know health apps is what a lot of them do is you're actually given just pure data and you say hey you need to think about this when you're doing this and this and this but it's not really in touch with how you feel and mm. not a lot of them neglect that mindfulness side and the the turning inwards and being like okay how do i feel right now because it's a shame it could be used um, and i think in, in health zilla's way it, it is used is a way of trying to get you better at it, almost a training mechanism. So yeah, you're like, I, okay, I feel like this at this moment. I'm going to try, you know, these suggestions. Oh, wait, I do feel better when I did that. Mm -hmm. I did, you know, maybe I just needed to recover more. I need to sleep more. I needed to drink more water, whatever it was at the time. And you try and you're like, wow, that felt way better when I did that than the last time. And I just went out and hit a hundred percent workout. Uh, and I felt terrible afterwards and I was recovering and I got a cold afterwards. So, you know, it has the capacity to really help in terms of training wheels for your interoception. Whereas mm. so many others, you get blasted with, with data and, and, and nothing else, and it doesn't really make sense, or it's not put in a way which you're also linking back to how you feel at any given time. 
Indeed, indeed. It, it, it's a, this is um, this is fascinating because you know talking to Orion, it, it sort of binds everything together um, very well. So so often we look at these areas of of health and wellness and health and well being and even the healthy habits as sort of binary and they are sort of um, distant to each other and they they just play to your overall health. But everything actually binds in very closely with it with each other and, and into links uh, into each other as well which is then which can be sort of all almost monitored through interoception uh, which can be then learned through meditation for example um, so whether yeah, you're no. sleeping well how you're exercising how you're doing your mobility um, how you're doing your mindfulness uh, work um, and how you're eating as well you can actually monitor a lot of these things through interception as well right Definitely. I mean, it's the, it's the way that we sh should be, you know, mm. it's good to have uh, outside suggestions and to help you out with the training wheels, mm. but mm. you should never lose touch with how you're actually feeling yourself. You know, even me as someone who could take an hour with you and talking about everything and looking at your body and seeing how it works, I can take you so far, but the, the real key component in this is what you're feeling at any given time. And pain, just because I'm a specialist in it, is, and what I often think about, is what is modulated by higher up. You know, pain for one person isn't necessarily pain for another. Mm. And that's a very bizarre concept when you first get into this line of work, because certain people can class, uh, oh, this is, I couldn't bear this, this is too much, this is uh, absolutely way too painful. And I look at someone else who's in a worse off condition, and they can do, they can just power on through. You know, and that in itself is a, is an absolute uh, fascinating uh, area to delve into. You know, that's why I look at people as puzzles. Exactly, and that and that is that is a very interesting discussion topic. Let's let's um, spend a, a few minutes on this. Um, pain management, as as in itself, is a bit of a. Uh, I, I haven't really studied the concept very much. Maybe just because I haven't. I've been lucky enough not to not to be in any any large large uh, pain states um, lately or during my lifespan, but uh, and obviously you know there are individual approaches to everyone. But what are some of the some of some of the key methods you use in your pain management advice to your your uh, your patients? So the one thing, as we're already on the topic of mm. interoception, I don't, I don't use fancy terms like this with people who yeah. are just, just want to get out of pain. You know, you need to be very simple <laughs> and, and sort course. of lead them through it a lot, a lot easier, but as we're getting into it. Um, so first, you, you often have to break the difference between acute pain, meaning short-term uh, sharp, it's only just happened from a mm. recent injury, to chronic pain, which is a whole different beast in itself. Um, chronic pain is there, there's changes in our central nervous system, you know, the way that we perceive things, the way we look at the world, the way we look at our body. If you've had a pain which has been in one place for years and years and years and years and years, you're no longer the same person as you were, you know, in your head as well, not just in your body, yeah. as you were when you were completely healthy and felt like you could do anything or take on the world. So for acute pain, it's, it's, to be honest, probably easier um, because you lay it out to them. You say, look, you've got to expect this and this and this. We're going to do these things in the first stage to get you out of pain. We're going to do these things in the second stage to help strengthen, recover, uh, make sure you're, you're able to get back to some of the things you want to do. The final stage is I want you to focus on these parts to make sure it never come back, comes back again. Chronic pain, often what you'll have to first 
you know, look into is it's a lot about discussion. You know, of course, I'm going to be talking to people while I'm treating them, while I'm working yeah. out what makes them feel better, working out what needs to be moved, what needs to be sort of strengthened or secured. And, and as I'm going, just getting an idea of their, their, you know, orientation to their own body, to their pain. Certain people, for example, have short, multiple shoulder dislocations. They won't let you get near that shoulder. You know, you'll, you'll do it and you can feel everything freeze up like, oh my God, it's going to go out again. It's going to go out. Yeah. And you, you have to first get them to build confidence in it and you have to get, do like, okay, completely relax into me, completely relax. And sometimes just that, just someone being able to relax can take two sessions of an hour, you mm -hmm. know, just, just getting them to be like, okay, I trust this guy. And all right, now I got to just, wow, nothing bad happened. That thing that I thought was going to be really painful when he moved into that position Actually, it felt fine. And you're, you're giving little wins in terms of their central nervous system. You're letting them know, hey, this area now is no longer has to be thought of as the painful area. Yeah. And often you can even do fun things uh, you know, with, with how you're talking to them. Um, words really matter with chronic pain. So people will be like, oh, this is my bad side. You know? And you just, you're just like, hey, first we're going to work on this. Every time we introduce we're doing it this side, we're going to call it your right side. We're not going to call it your bad side, you know, yeah. just to try and re reprogram from other areas. Of course, it is then, uh, you know, you have to go into the rest of it, of mechanics and how they're moving and what you need to strengthen, et cetera, et cetera. But the reason why chronic pain is sometimes more interesting and, and, and difficult to treat and from a pain management view is you're, you're having to treat expectations and um, worries and the psychology a bit more than just the acute side, which is hands on. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I, I guess um, I'm not sure if this, if this is uh, the right way to put it, but I guess a lot of the times as per what you sort of hinted towards, if someone's dislocated their shoulder for a few times, um, they, it's very hard to, to get into the, get into the sores because um, of the subconscious awareness of that person actually having that. So even though they wanted to actually relax, they, they just sub subconsciously somehow are so much against that position of, of bending your arm backwards or, or, or something like that. Because I've, I've been in that same situation myself as well. Um, sometime back when I, when I tore my rotator cuffs, um, when I went to um, do a massage in Bali or whatever, I just like, I just told them, don't even come near to my, my right arm or whatnot. Um, exactly, even yes. though th there wasn't any like acute reason for, for that, I mean, it was just so subconsciously inbuilt that pain momentum. So I guess pain in a sense is a lot to do with, with especially chronic pain. Um, a lot to do with your subconscious as well, which then maybe that ties in together perfectly with, with how you mentioned how this is a lot about psychology at the same time. Yeah, definitely. And, and some of the most amazing work I've seen people do this isn't always um, in you know, clinics like mine. You can get mm. people who are incredible trainers who do the same thing, mm. you know, who understand the situation and they're like, I know that you don't want to do this, but I'm going to make you do it in, in increments, you know, and, and sort of work your way to, to that place. So, I mean, it's more, there's less risk when you go to someone like myself who uh, are very much experienced in it. But this thing is something that we can even challenge ourselves to do. But I like to at least make sure you're, you're doing it in the right way. Because too many times 
you see it get worse when people who are in chronic pain are like, oh, I know I'm being stupid. I heard this, you know, them talk about this saying, let me just try and yank it back here. And then yeah. all of the all of the proprioception, which we talked about before, which yeah. is your ability to feel where the joint is and how to control it. If you haven't moved it in that range of motion for years, it's gone, you know, or very, mm. very, very diminished. So you get there and you have no control and then bam, it does pop out again, you know, and then you do have to go through this whole stage. And then next time it takes twice as long for someone like myself to get you to relax. You know? Absolutely. absolutely. So, and, and people are just generally like have that as an immediate reaction when pain comes in, no? Like they, they, people genuinely want to fix something that they feel like is not working themselves. And, and I, I think, I don't know if you have statistics, Ryan, but like, but most of the time you actually end up making your situation even worse <laughs> because of all the things that you probably would have to try just, just basing on how you feel and how, for example, how you stretch, you feel like stretching your arm to the left is better because you've overstretched it to the right. It doesn't quite work that way. <laughs> exactly. You, I see this all the time. And it, people, you know, just to go into how much more confusing pain is, um, people often think that uh, just because something, actually, we have to go before that, before I even get into that. Pain changes depend on, on how you've been brought up. You know, I found that people here, particularly uh, of the older sort of Chinese uh, community mm. or, or, or uh, heritage, have a very different view on, on pain as people I would see back in England. You know, mm -hmm. you there, there is definitely more of a no pain, no, no gain mentality. And what will happen, uh -huh. they'll just sit through it and be like, Oh, I just got to endure this until everything's suddenly better. <laughs> and, and there's the, the struggling thing is that they get a slightly positive response from that. And that's why so many people get stuck on this feeling because after your body's been in a massive amount of pain, what it happens is it spikes all these endorphins, which your body's mm. just been like, oh, you've been able to get through this, you know? You, mm. Then you suddenly feel a bit better for a while, and then right. it comes back again. So, so many people get caught on that no pain, no gain mentality. Mm. But in a pain, some, one person can think about a stretch as a pain. Uh, mm. Another person might think about a pain as a stretch. So they might be stretching their arm in a way which they think is most painful. And they're like, oh, yeah, that's really hitting the spot. And then they come away from that and they're like, oh, I feel a little bit better. Like, I feel a little bit, you know, mm. and then afterwards, the day later, they're like, oh, what have I done? <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> no, that, that's why for me, I personally, when I, I told you, I, I've, I've seen Ryan because of a stiff neck. Just because, you know, I know myself and if I feel a pain, I, I tend and I, I tend to be like Dr. Quack Quack trying to sort of heal it myself. But and I've, you know, I, I've seen the work. I've seen wor the worst of that. And so I'm like, you know, what? you know, what? I'm just going to text these guys and, and see what, what I did wrong here rather than trying to see and trying to make things worse for myself. Really, really. It happens oh, all the time. You're so right. There's, there's like, the thing is that frustrates me quite a lot is that so many people go to YouTube and any idiot with a camera can put something on YouTube. That's true. <laughs> you know, my God. Like, any idiot with a camera. Mm. And I'm constantly surprised. Because sometimes if I haven't, you know, there's a specific exercise, that I, maybe I don't have time to record myself and send to someone. I'll, I'll look on YouTube and see if I can get the exact one. And mm. I'll, I'll look through it. And the amount of times I'm just absolutely baffled by these people putting advice out there. <laughs> are often completely contradicting what they should be doing. 
You know? Yeah, yeah so, so it's, be careful. There are a few people that you can trust that are quite good on YouTube, but uh, right. so many people you shouldn't, you shouldn't be taking their advice. No, totally. And I, I, I look forward to Calibrate's um, own social media and to see how you know, we c could be a more credible source of what is the right thing to do in case injuries occur. Oh, Definitely. Absolutely. It's going to be up soon. That's so cool. Now, um, Ryan, just to jump jump the topic a bit, um, as a as a sort of um, oh, not, not sort I of lost you again. Did you? I think uh, so. Go. Yeah. Hello. Yeah, we lost you. Yeah, okay, reset. Try again. All right. So, Ryan, just a, a, um, a jumping topics a bit. As you're a professional um, in the health and well-being industry, what is your view on using um, wearable devices in in health optimization? Oh, it can be fantastic. I mean, if, if used in the right way, it can be, um, you know, absolutely essential, particularly with people who are looking at performance, uh, who uh, have, a, have a feeling that they might not be paying uh, good enough attention to certain areas of their, of their health and their lifestyles we talked about before. You know, we talked about how data really needs to be interpreted. So absolutely. if you have just loads of data, it can be overwhelming. It can feel like mm. you're again we talked about the cpu before there's only so much you can process only so much things that you can think about any given time so if you can have something which is basically fed into a way that you can understand it and gives you actionable advice then it can be uh, brilliant uh, it's there's in fact there's there's one thing that i like quoting it's a, a quote from ego is the enemy by ryan holiday uh, which is most of us are drinking from the fire hose of inspiration and I thought it was brilliant because wow. so yeah. much of in our, in our feeds are being thrown at with inspiration of this and you should do this and you should do this. And we just are trying to consume it, but there's too much and we can't get anything. Mm. And mm. It ends up being a detriment that if we just took, you know, maybe some simple things and integrated it, we would have a, a much better effect. Just like you said before, Nico, of the habits that if we try and do too many, then there's, we end up doing none at all. Yeah. Mm. Um, but if, if you can, and so in the same way, you know, we're, we're almost drinking from the fire hose of data at the moment. And if you can, if you can have a way to, of, of a nice way to simplify that and, and bring that to a way that's it's actionable, I think it's fantastic. It is, and, and that's that's exactly what the Healthzilla app is 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 um, is doing. Uh, uh, Healthzilla app obviously consolidates all the all the wearables data from your uh, wearables devices, from your smartphone, uh, and from any of your fitness other fitness apps on your phone as well, and consolidates that into a very actionable uh, daily piecemeal advice. So that's something that. Uh, can be helpful, so please do try that out um, as well. Now, uh, it's um, this this whole conversation, Ryan, has been very eye-opening for me um, uh, overall, and it's it sort of made me <laughs> realize that yeah, whenever this uh, lockdown period is over, first um, of June or something, I'll definitely uh, book an appointment with you um, to to you know, right, it'd be good make, to see make, you. make make my own own sort of check and and see what are the areas I can I can improve for sure. Um, overall, what are your sort of three tips to healthy living through healthy habits. What, okay. what, what are your um, pillars, pillars to this? So the three tips to healthy habits. So I would say going back to um, maybe something I mentioned briefly before yeah. is try and consider your life infantry. Okay. Put down, maybe just have a blank piece of paper in front of you. And I want you to, to write down, uh, let's say exercise, 
sleep diet these are things that we are all mostly thinking about you know if we're if we're plugged into social media and online these things are often talked about in masses yeah. so have these things there first and then also the other points that aren't quite as often uh, uh, placed into when it comes to health and healthy living community uh, and let's say the purpose so if we if we have a look at all of these in front of us and just give yourself almost a bit of a rating of where you feel you are, maybe how important each of them are for you. And then see, check the inventory and say, look, I've been putting so much effort into my exercise regime. I've been, my diet's incredible. It's perfect. Maybe my sleep, I'm not doing enough, but the big one of the, of the other two that I mentioned, which time and time again, I see people neglect because we don't have the same criteria of success as we do with the others you know if you exercise a lot you get stronger or you can run further or faster when you sleep it's obvious you're tired you're lethargic you recover slower etc with your diet if you're fantastic you you know you're ripped you've got a six-pack it's you're looking fantastic you're feeling good but the the other two aren't as talked about and don't have as much blanket advice but affect us in just the same way you know, if we don't, if we feel like we can't call someone up and when we're having a really tough time and just lay it out and say, look, this is how I feel at the moment. Or could you, you know, let's go get get a beer or let's go even throw the diet out the window for a bit. Let's go get a yeah. few burgers, a couple of beers <laughs> and just really, you know, really just say how you're feeling. You know, that community or if you're working out together, do you have a bunch of people who are, you're happy to be around and you and you can rely on? Um, because that is that makes a massive difference in in psychology and it makes a massive difference studies have shown in terms of how we experience pain as well you know if you mm. if you don't have these things in your life you're more susceptible to waking up and being like this little pain becomes massive because you don't have other things in your life which which are sort of building you up and the other the other one which i think people lose touch of because again we don't have the same criteria for for if we're doing well at it or not is purpose you know, it's too, it's too out there. It's too vague. But if you, if we often, we often look at it in terms of success. You know, most people think, oh, I've got more money in the bank. I've got this watch. I'll go to this. I'm doing great. But those people, you see them at the high end who have made it. I treat people who are absolutely, you know, really, really wealthy. And some of them, they're not that happy with their day-to-day -day lives. You know, they still live a life of quiet desperation. So if you, if you want to do watercolors, go and do watercolors. Like forget doing a hit workout. You know, you do that every day. Try and do something which, which actually makes you feel like, oh, I haven't done art in years and that's what I really wanted to do. Or I, I really want to write. You know, I've, for years I felt like I could do poetry and I never tried. So try and find something which isn't just the, the general blanket three. They're, yes, they're important. They're essentials, exercise, sleep, and diet. But don't neglect the people around you and, and the, your community don't in a voice inside you that wants to do something that you keep pushing down because you make excuses and maybe over, over both of those, let's say life, if I'm trying to bring it back and answer your question, a life infantry, maybe I'd say is one, uh, make sure you're patient with yourself because you could do all of those and get frustrated that you're not giving time to do, uh, to do watercolors and you could just be sitting in bed and be like, oh, I'm a failure. You know, if, you're, if you're doing that, you're just <laughs> gonna get stressed in itself. So there's almost no point. So make sure how you're talking to yourself is, is on point. You know, if you, if you wouldn't talk to your best friend like you're talking to yourself in your own head, then you gotta try and work something out because yeah. your best friend you would be critical with, you might say, hey mate, maybe you should do this. 
but or maybe you should think about this but you wouldn't say hey you're fat and you're ugly and you're lazy <laughs> you know and, you, and if someone said that to your best friend you'd be furious but if we if we keep this uh this dialogue in our own head of talking to ourselves like that then no matter how good the exercise sleep diet community everything else is you're still going to be stressed and frustrated and i think a good way to uh, maybe if I'm going to do the third one, I'm sorry if I'm going on too much. But no worries. If the third one is uh, gratitude. And I think mindfulness can be brilliant in this. Um, you know, if you're, if you're able to listen to this podcast, you should be immensely, uh, you know, you should have a lot of gratitude for, for all of the luxuries that you can, you can afford. Um, and we can lose touch with that because we're always searching and inherently there's a part of, you know, us as humans who want to better ourselves, but make sure you stop and you're, uh, you know, you, you keep being uh, having your gratitude for, for what you've achieved. Those are some excellent, excellent tips, Ryan. Thank you so much for them. It's, it's like a, um, it is, you have this, this philosophy or approach to health and well-being, which is much, much more holistic than, than what I've sort of, mm. you know, I, I thought myself that I, I had looked at health and well-being as being, being the holistic approach in itself. But I, I, I sort of struggle. I have struggled to meet people like yourself, uh, Ryan, previously, who can actually put everything into into this holistic context so well. So thank you very much for that, John. Any any final thoughts or comments? No, I'm I'm just really uh, really happy uh, for you know Ryan to take time with us because Absolutely. also what what this conversation what this conversation underscores is you know health and well health. Uh, holistic health or, or even building healthy habits it's it's a lot of puzzle pieces you know and and a lot of these and, and you know it's often very um and, and you know the the, the 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 way that society has defined being healthy is unfortunately sometimes very superficial and what we're learning in this conversation is you know what there's a lot of things that you don't actually see that also form part of the puzzle and you, you talked about being mindful. You talked about dealing with pain, and you talked about just being very conscious of the very basic uh, basics of like making sure that you move because it it's not painful now, but it could be painful later. So so all these things, you know, like yes, you have abs, or yes, you kind of eat healthy, or you're vegan, or you're onto this diet, right? But you need to be able to look into the other facets of it in order for you to completely claim and be confident to yourself that you are really really living a, a healthy life it's really cool and thanks ryan thank you thanks for no, the opportunity you no know, we really appreciate you uh, joining us today uh, ryan on this discussion it's been it's been great where can people follow you on social media or or you know uh, get engaged with your with your practice um, do you have any links that you would like to mention Yes, yeah, so I'm on, in terms of Instagram, I've got calibrate.health. Um, so I'll be uploading more and more stuff onto there soon. Um, a website that we've just put up as well, uh, www.calibrate-health.com. Um, so either of those, you can find the details of, of where I'm at um, and how to book a session. If you're, if you're really in a lot of need at, at the moment during the circuit break, break of time, I am doing telehealth work where we can sort of just talk about some of these things that we discussed today. Because as I hope people can appreciate, it's much more than just the treatment side. It's about understanding everything that's going on. So I've been able to help quite a few people, even if it's as simple as setting up their work, uh, workstation at home or uh, addressing some of their, their habits and routines, which might be able to be improved. Uh, so if you're really in a lot of need now, you know, feel free to reach out to me over those 
mediums uh, and we can set something up now but hopefully we're going to be open soon we're just wait, waiting for this to lift um, and should be i'm in my head i'm expecting june but hopefully it's going to be sooner they're starting to relax some of the the controls yeah. so if mm -hmm. it is sooner I'll, I'll update on my social media etc and uh yeah you can keep updated from that Perfect. Thank, thank you so much, Ryan. Um, and do make sure everyone to uh, follow follow Ryan um, um, at calibrate.health on Instagram and www.calibrate-health.com online as well. Um, and with that, thank you so much, John. Thank you very much, Ryan, for joining us today. This has been Healthilla episode, Healthilla weekly episode number seventeen with Ryan Unsworth and John Caro. Thank you, gentlemen. I will speak to you later. Peace. This podcast is for general informational purposes only and does not constitute the practice of medicine, nursing or other professional healthcare services, including the giving of medical advice and no doctor-patient relationship is formed. The use of this information on this podcast or materials linked from this podcast is at the user's own risk. The content of this podcast is not intended to be a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis or treatment. Users should not disregard or delay in obtaining medical advice for any medical condition they may have and should seek the assistance of their healthcare professionals for any such conditions.